to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, again, welcome to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's a joy to be in worship. We're so glad you're here. I want to remind you, this is Holy Week. Good Friday, we have a noon service in the gym and a 7 o'clock service in the sanctuary. We have a bunch of Easter services. You can check that out at roswellpress.org. Also next Saturday, we have a, uh, in the afternoon, we have an Easter egg hunt for the kids. It's going to be super fun. And then you can volunteer for our Lend a Hand event where we're packing up supplies to send to our mission partners in Guatemala. And we need some, some folks, I think, between like the 1.30 and 3 o'clock time frame. So if you have some time, it's an easy way to hang out with folks, to serve and make a difference in the world. Well, today we're continuing our sermon series, Less is More. We're looking at these things. If we have less of them in our lives, we can become more of who God has created and called us to be. Last week, we talked about anger. We talked about put the baby down and walk away. And I've been saying that a lot to myself this week. But uh, so I, got, I, I just got some fantastic emails that are really entertaining about people wrestling with anger this week. And one guy uh, shared with me, he was in the, driver, um, the drive-through lane at the CVS. He was picking up a prescription. And he said there was this guy behind him that was just losing his mind in anger. He was so angry behind him. And he said he almost rolled down the window and said, put the baby down and walk away. And I said, man, while I appreciate being quoted, you never know what people are packing around these, these areas, so be very careful before you tell anybody else uh, that. Well, today we're going to look at the issue of pride. Pride. What, what does God have to say to us about pride? How does pride prevent us from becoming who God has created and called us to be? We're going to look at a passage from Galatians 6. Galatians 6, verses 1 through 5. Let's open our hearts and minds to God's Word. My friends... If anyone is detected in a transgression, you who have received the Spirit should restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. Take care that you yourselves are not tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. All must test their own work. Then that work, rather than their neighbor's work, will become a cause for pride. For all must carry their own loads. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you might speak a word to our hearts by your spirit that only you can speak. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have I ever told you the story about when I was in a boat wreck when I was in 13 years old? Yeah, I was 13 years old. My friend Mark Becker had invited me to come over and play. And I asked my parents, and they said I could go over, and they said, sure. But before I left, I had to drive over there on my bike, and I wanted to make sure that I looked cool. At 13 years old, I had just started caring about my physical appearance. And caring about how I looked meant I spent a lot of time staring at myself in the mirror. I needed my hair to be shaped in just the right place with every strand in just the right place. I needed my clothes to be in style and clean. 
I needed the right socks to go with the right sneakers. Some things never change. (laughs) I wish I could tell you that those sartorial decisions held up over the years. Whenever I see a picture from those days, I look at myself thinking, what were you thinking? Have you ever done that? You see a picture of your younger self and you wonder, what exactly were you thinking? Paul says, if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. This is one of the central characteristics of pride. You don't notice your pride in the moment. Only later do you look back and you see how ridiculous you looked as a prideful person. Pride is when you're deceiving yourself. The Greeks warned people about pride by telling a story about a character named Narcissus. Narcissus was an extremely handsome young man, so much so that all the girls were in love with him. But he paid the girls no attention because he was so in love with himself. One of the girls who had been rebuffed prayed to one of the gods, Nemesis, and she wanted the gods to get Narcissus back for turning her away. And Nemesis looks down and hears the young woman's prayer, and she declares, Nemesis declares about Narcissus, may he who loves not others love himself only. That's the judgment. May he who loves not others love himself only. And so one day, Narcissus is going to get a drink of water from a pool. And he's captured by his beauty of his own reflection. And he thinks, now I know why all those girls who see me are in love with me. I'm in love with me. And he can't bear to look away from his reflection. He's frozen there, staring at himself. The story goes that eventually, day after day, he's shrunk on a diet of himself. And to this day, all that's left of Narcissus is a little white flower called a Narcissus. Narcissus gets self-absorbed and he's shrunk on a diet of himself. That's why we call people like that narcissists. This is what pride does. It suffocates you on yourself. It's one of the reasons the Christian tradition has taken a very dim view of pride, says, saying it's the root of all sin. St. Augustine said it was pride that changed angels into devils. It is humility that makes men as angels. The 19th century public theologian G.K. Chesterton said, if I only had one sermon to preach, it would be a sermon against pride. The poet T.S. Eliot said, most of the trouble in the world is caused by people wanting to be important. And Mark Twain sarcastically wrote, Good breeding consists of concealing how much we think of ourselves and how little we think of the other person. Pride closes us off from other people and closes us off from the world by focusing on ourselves. And the Bible says pride will lead us to our destruction. It will prevent us from noticing our limitations. It blinds us from reaching out and meeting the needs of others. It turns us away from noticing God's presence in our lives. And so Paul writes, For if those who are nothing think they are something, they deceive themselves. But the thing about pride is, prideful people rarely ever recognize their own pride. Pride makes you focus on yourself, even to the risk of your own detriment. So I headed over to Mark's house, and I'm driving on this uh, Diamondback BMX bike. 
It was amazing. It had these little things on the front wheel called pegs. I don't know if you've ever seen these. And you could like stand on them and do tricks. I could do none of it, but it just looked cool. It had cool tires, cool handlebars. I thought I was turning all the heads of the neighborhood girls. <laughs> I drove down Lowell Street and took a left onto Mark's cul-de-sac. I was riding in the middle of the street. Now, as a 13-year-old, I was given to, to looking and staring at myself in the reflection of the windows that I passed by on the side of the street. I was looking at, look at how fast I'm pedaling. Wow. Look at my hair blowing in the wind. Look at my prepubescent biceps barely coming out of my T-shirt. Now, you have to understand, at this time, I, I just watched this movie called Rad. And as I remember it, Rad was very popular with young boys my age. And it told the story of this BMX bike racer named Crew. And against his mother's wishes, he decides to enter a race and try to win $100,000 rather than go take the SAT test and go to college like his mom tells him. And Crew enters the race, and I hate to give, give away the plot, but... But the race organizer basically keeps changing the rules of the race to prevent crew from racing. But he races, and guess what? He wins. And it was so inspiring, it fueled my dreams to skip college and become a BMX racer. But now that I've read about the film, the film Rad has this interesting distinction on Rotten Tomatoes, you know, the film review aggregator. It says it has the biggest difference between critic review scores, they hated it, and audience review scores. They loved it. The Wikipedia article says this, the film was universally panned and underperformed commercially during its release. The New York Times stated, teenage ears may not split from the music or ache from the dialogue, but anybody over 20, beware. It all, I also preferred looking at my bicycle over going, when riding to Mark's house. Do you know what target fixation is? Well, I didn't either. Anyone who struggles with pride should learn about target fixation. As I'm riding along my BMX bike, looking at my reflection in the windows, I see the wind blowing through my hair. I think, man, I should be in a shampoo commercial. I pick up speed. I look rad. I think I'm at the center of the universe. I'm finding the place where body meets spirit, and bam! I wake up lying on my back in the street, and I look up, and above me is a boat. A boat somehow is parked right above me. And I remember the book of Proverbs says, pride goeth before a fall. Well, I had taken a fall, and it was all because of target fixation. You know, target fixation is when you get focused on something, and because you're fixated on it, you begin to subtly, you don't know it, you draw, you drift towards it. And I drifted to the side of the road and had a boating accident. Target fixation. This is why when we teach young people to drive, we say, don't look at oncoming traffic. You measure where your hood ornament is with the line, the center line. Focus on that. And then you won't drift into oncoming traffic. Target fixation can become a serious problem to the spiritual life. You forget about your blind spots. 
You forget about the obstacles in your path. You end up just being fixated on yourself. Christ calls us to love ourselves, yes, but also to love our neighbor as ourselves. And this is exactly what Paul says. Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. We're called not just to look at ourselves, but to look at others. They didn't have concussion protocol in those days, but I definitely could have used it. As I got up from out under the boat, I was dazed and confused. I found my bike and I began to walk home. I did not look at my reflection in the mirror. I was forced to take my eyes off myself. Isn't this what life does? Pride goeth before a fall. Overconfidence, hubris, and pride can lead to our downfall. The Greeks told a story about Icarus. Icarus's dad said, don't fly too close to the sun, you'll get burned. The sin of pride puts us at the center of the world, makes us think we're the most important person in the world, makes us think our ideas are the best. The favorite three words of a prideful person is me, me, me. Favorite three words of a humble person, we, we, we. One letter can make a world of difference. The opposite to pride is humility. The great Christian writer C.S. Lewis defined humility this way. He said, humility isn't thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. Pride closes you off from the world and traps you in a world of your own making. Humility sets you free to explore the world, to know other people, to know yourself in a new way. And pride will leave a mark on you. I walked and finally made it home to my house, made it to the bathroom. I closed the door and I looked in the mirror. And I had a large, perfectly circular bruise in the middle of my forehead. My parents knocked on the door and said, I thought you were going to Mark's house. I said, I didn't make it. I said, what happened? I hit a boat. I had that round bruise on my forehead for the next several years. Every time I looked in the mirror, I was careful about staring too long. Every time somebody asked me, how'd you get that bruise on your forehead? It's perfectly circular. I had the opportunity to talk about the risks of target fixation, about becoming fixated on oneself. Do you struggle with target fixation? Do you struggle with pride? This week I have some questions you can ask yourself, help you think about this. Who have you served this week through giving of your time, your talents, or your generosity? Have you made someone else's life better this week? Who have you asked inquisitive questions of and waited and actually listened to the answer? Who have you complimented? Who knows that you're cheering them on in the race of life? Who have you loved in word and deed? See, when we say no to target fixation, we are opened up to the world. Pride will only prevent us from being who God has created and called us to be. This is why the Apostle Paul in another letter to the church in Philippi says this, Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ, 
who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited or something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Yes, even death on a cross. That's what we're celebrating this week. Christ's journey to Jerusalem. That's what today is about, Palm Sunday. The crowds putting palms down as Jesus goes into Jerusalem, fixating not on himself but on us, giving his life for the life of the world. Pascal once wrote, Jesus is the God whom we can approach without pride and whom we can humble ourselves without despair. When we look at Christ and we see our reflection, we become the kind of people God has created and called us today. Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. Do you remember what he rode? Not a horse like a soldier, not a stallion like a king, but a donkey like a humble savior. He kept his eyes fixated on us. Let us focus our eyes on him. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you have given your life for the life of the world. You've come to free us from the effects of pride and target fixation, Lord. Let us focus our minds and our hearts on what you've done for us and what this week represents and what it points us to, that you might change our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.